0: Hello and welcome to Renewing Your Mind, a web based ministry of South Bay Community Church located in Fremont, California. It is our prayer that today's broadcast will be a blessing to you. Let us prepare our hearts to hear the word of the Lord. Good morning, family. I want to invite you. Uh, to journey with me through a story this morning um, I know we can get to the portion of scripture and we can kind
1: of shift gears a little bit and and start to um, caught up in receiving and hearing and digesting but This morning I'd like to invite you just to kind of try to be present in the moment and in the story. I want you to imagine yourself years ago as one of the original followers of Jesus
0: when he was walking this earth. You have been with him for a little while. You've traveled around. You've
1: seen him do some amazing things. You've made some sacrifices to be with him.
0: Your family thinks you're a little crazy. You had a good job.
1: And you seem to have left all that stuff behind to follow this guy around in the desert. Oh, you're with him. And he's done, again, miracles. You've seen him heal. You've seen him teach in a way that nobody else has ever taught before. He teaches with this power and this authority and this wisdom that people who have studied for years are amazed by the words that come out of his mouth. And he just has this this presence. You don't know exactly what's happening. You don't know exactly who he is. You don't know exactly where you're headed. But you know it's good to be with him. You know that when you're with him, there's nowhere else you would rather be. And so you just take it one step at a time, trusting him one day at a time. He won't give you the whole roadmap. You don't know where this journey is going to go, but you just know right now the best place you can be is with him. And so it's another day, and he is teaching again. And today he gathered this amazing crowd of people people seem to be coming from everywhere and you're on the inner circle people kind of notice you because you're with him
0: feels pretty good
1: and he starts teaching and people just keep coming and coming And you're hanging on his every word and the whole crowd is hanging on his every word. It's just amazing that he says you are valuable and you were loved and this God who seems so distant, cares about you more than you can dream or imagine. And as he goes on, you start to realize it's getting late in the day. And all of a sudden, the wonder of all of these people gathering has now turned into a problem of who's going to feed all these people. And everybody's still looking at you. And you're not sure what's going to happen. You don't know what to do. You suggest that he sends them home. And he says, you feed them," And you have no idea what that means. And then he does it again another miracle happens. He takes a little bit of fish and a little bit of bread and he feeds thousands upon thousands of people. And you're, you're part of it. I mean, you were standing right there. You saw what he started with and you've been handing out food for hours now. Everybody's full. They're, they've gotten so much, they're giving back food back to you and you're just amazed. How, how does he do this? Who is this guy? And now you can kind of start to feel something in the air. There's a, there's a buzz coming. People are realizing that yeah, this guy is different. As a matter of fact, he's so different. He might be the Messiah we've been waiting on. This might be the one. The one who's going to free us. The one who's going to knock down the Romans and overthrow the empire. We won't be slaves or, or victims anymore. We're going to be on top again. I think this is the guy. And you kind of start to feel that energy, and, and, the, and the crowd turns from one that was kind of receiving this great teaching almost to kind of a mob mentality that we're ready for war, we're ready to overthrow it. And, and, and so Jesus realizes that this is not where this is going. He realizes that these people see him, but they see him for their own advancement. They don't really want him. They just want the miracles. And then he does something strange. After everybody's fed, after things are just kind of continuing to build in excitement, he tells you to go and get in a boat. You and your crew. Go get in a boat and start paddling to the other side of the sea, and I'll meet you over there, which of course doesn't make any sense because there's only one boat over here. And so you start arguing. It doesn't make any sense. We're, I mean, don't you need us? Look at all these people. We can help you out. We can help calm the crowd. Whatever you want us to do, Jesus. He says, what I want you to do is go and get in the boat and start paddling. It's getting late, but it's Jesus. What are you going to do? We get in the boat and we start paddling. And he's gone. We, we paddle off and he's in the horizon. And then some of us who have been around for a little while weren't too thrilled about this journey anyway. Because while everybody else was eating, they were noticing these storm clouds forming off in the distance. And they've been on these waters a long time. And they know one thing you don't do is when it's a storm coming, it's decide you're going to go fishing at night. But Jesus made you go. So now they're out there and the storm is raging. And people start getting scared. See, only about three or four or so of them were fishermen. Some of those people never probably been on a boat before. And so what do you think they're doing? they in the bottom of the boat crying and grabbing your leg and throwing up on the side. They're just all nervous and scared. I mean, this is a frightening situation. It is, it is gale force winds and the boat is swaying all over the place and, and, and there's water dumping in the boat. This is horrible storm. And you're, you want to turn around and go back. But Jesus said, go that way. But it seems like it's safer to go that way. Now we're arguing. Should we go back or should we do what Jesus said? Maybe it's a test and I'm not sure what we should do. So there's all kind of chaos and conflict. I wonder what you would be doing in that moment. Would you be the one who's on the bottom of the boat, curled up in a ball, scared to death? Screaming for shore? (laughs) Amen. That's probably where I'd be. Would you be the one who was insisted that? No, we just got to do what Jesus said, dude. We just got to keep paddling. Like so many times, you don't know where he is and you don't know what he's doing. And then if that isn't bad enough, if we don't have enough chaos and confusion going on, then somebody starts saying, what's that over there? You see that? Something's moving. And it's coming this way. And first you ignore it, but then you realize something's over there. And it's coming this way. And everybody's nervous now. You're in the middle of the storm. You can't see. You're disoriented. You don't even know which way you're going. And something is coming towards you and somebody gets the right idea. It's got to be a ghost. Death is coming to take us away. This is it. It's all over right now. We're going to die out here. And in the middle of that, out of the shadows, it's Jesus. He's walking towards the boat in the middle of the storm. And he says, it's me. Don't be afraid. What do you do in that moment? Does that calm your fears? I mean, the storm is still going. He didn't stop the storm. He just said, calm down. It's me. I don't think I would to relax personally. i have like, Jesus, how about you come get in this boat and I got a seat for you right here. And you can do that calm the stormy seas thing like you did last time. But he didn't say that. He said, no, I'm over here, and I see you. Don't be afraid. You know, I, I, I've been looking at this story for the last several weeks now. Today we begin this series. And the series deals with what is often thought of as the climax of the story. Because if you know the story, you know what happens next. After Jesus identifies himself, Peter asks Jesus to walk on the water. And we're all excited about that. And that's something to be excited about, but I'm not sure if it's for the reasons that we think it is. And so today we begin this series, and I want to unpack the story. Don't, don't, Don't leave that spot, though. I still want you thinking about where you're sitting in that boat. I still want you to think about what you're doing and how you're feeling in the middle of this torrential storm and people around you are freaking out. But we're going to get to this point where we get to Peter and his incredible journey. And the series is called You Were Made to Walk on Water. You were made To walk on water. And I want to unpack that. I want to unpack how how Peter went through this incredible journey before the journey. The miracle before the miracle. And I hope that we can start to adapt the same mindset that Peter had. Because until we get the same mindset as Peter, we can't experience the same miracles like Peter. And so I've entitled this first sermon in the series... Do you trust God in the middle of the storm? But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me back up a little bit. If you look at the story, and I'm I'm speaking from Matthew 14, the story starts at verse 22. And it says, as I alluded to earlier, that Jesus commanded the disciples to get in the boat. And just kind of the way it sounds, you can got to get the feel that some of them didn't want to go. Now, I don't know why they didn't want to go. I would imagine, again, some of them were kind of feeling what the crowd was saying, like, hey, yeah, let's get this thing going. Let's let's let, let's let's get the riot. Let's get the revolution started. And, and some of the other ones who maybe the experienced fishermen said, hey, those are clouds over there. And when those clouds are over there, that means those clouds are coming over here. And we don't need to be in a boat right now. But Jesus insisted. That you get in the boat and go out into the ocean where you are quite vulnerable. Now it's important to understand that this isn't the only time that God has sent people out in the midst of a storm. But here's what's important. This is completely different from Jonah because Jonah found himself in the middle of a storm because he disobeyed God. You find yourself in the middle of a storm because you were obedient to God. Now, there's a word for somebody right there. See, sometimes we think storms mean that God has abandoned us. Sometimes God puts us in storms to accomplish his purposes. But that raises the question, so what was he trying to do? Well, what was God trying to accomplish? Did Jesus know the storm was coming? I'm pretty sure he did. Did he know that they were going to be scared and frightened and, and uncertain? I'm pretty sure he did. As a matter of fact, if you look at the details of the story, it's interesting. If we kind of piece together the timeline, we can probably say it was about mm, 4, 5, 6 o'clock when the miraculous feeding happened. And then he tells them to go and get on the boat. So it's around 6 or 7 and they start paddling out. And the wind starts picking up because it says they were fighting this wind the whole way. So let's round up and say it's eight o'clock now and they are in the they're in the sea and they're paddling and they're going into the wind and and the storm is starting to kick up and it's starting to get dark outside. And it says that Jesus didn't show up until the fourth watch. Now, the fourth watch is 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Which means he sent you out in the storm about 7.30 and it's about 8.15 and you've been out battling this torrential storm. The wind is blowing, the the waves are breaking in the boat, people are crying and screaming and yelling and you've been in this situation for six, at least seven, eight hours. And Jesus is nowhere to be found. See, sometimes our storms go on longer than we would prefer they did. Sometimes it just keeps coming wave after wave, wind and people around you telling you we're going to die and this is the end of the world. And you figure Jesus, if you was going to show up, matter of fact, they probably didn't even think Jesus was going to show up. He's the one who put us out here in the first place. If it weren't for that Jesus thinking he knows everything, we'd be on the shore with everybody else right now. He didn't come out in the boat. See, because I've been fishing for a while. I know a little bit about weather. And sometimes this Jesus guy oversteps his bounds. He should have listened to me about the weather report. Why do you think they didn't recognize Jesus when he was coming? Because they weren't looking for him in the first place. They didn't expect him to show up in those circumstances. If anything, he was responsible for it. And so he's probably just sitting back watching how this plays out. Matter of fact, he probably forgot all about us. But after hours and hours of anxiety and stress and worry and fear and doubt and and confusion, then Jesus emerges out of the shadows. Just about the time that they'd probably given up on every other hope of survival. We tried paddling hard. We tried throwing stuff overboard. We tried to do all the stuff that we could do on our own to get out of this storm and nothing worked. And so maybe now I'm ready to see if Jesus is going to show up. Amen. Somebody. So he shows up three, four o'clock in the morning. Probably in their hour of desperation. Desperation. And he shows up and he says, the command that we hear more often than anything else from God when he's talking to his people, don't be afraid. But did you think I didn't know where you were? Did you think I didn't realize that you're in the midst of a storm? Do you think I don't know that you're surrounded by people that are speaking confusion and trying to get you to disobey what I told you to do? Don't you think I see exactly where you are? I'm here. I was never that far away. So why did he do it? Why did he send him out there like that? I think he was trying to accomplish something in their lives. I think he was trying to stretch them. I think he was trying to grow their faith. I think he was trying to reveal who he was. Because here's the thing that we often get confused by. I think we think about the wrong miracle. See, what happened was Jesus came walking on the water. Now, the problem is it's 2000 years later and we've heard this story a lot, so it doesn't really affect us. But think about the first time it happened. You're there the first time he walks on water. Nobody has ever walked on water before. It's not some story you've been hearing about in Bible school for 20 years. Some dude is walking across waves coming to you on a boat. Amazing. It's miraculous. The definition of a miracle is something that defies natural and logical uh, um, uh, assumptions and logical outcomes. This is not possible. Who is this guy? And he's doing it in the middle of this crazy torrential storm. He doesn't seem to be fazed by the things that are driving me crazy. I think he did it to reveal who he was. That he had total control. That he had total power. That he had total authority. That there is nothing on heaven or earth, nothing that scares us, nothing that limits us, nothing that frightens us, that he doesn't have the ability to control the circumstances of in the middle of your life. And they hadn't quite got it yet. See, we can hang around Jesus for a while and really not know him yet. We can hear some of the stories. We might have even seen a couple of things, but not really got the picture that this Jesus is my all and all. He is my source and my supply. He is my defender and my protector. No matter what storms are raging, this Jesus is in control of it all. And I think he wanted them to see that. And so in the midst of this crazy, confusing, fearful time, he comes strolling up to the boat and says, yeah, I'm still here. The miracle was that Jesus can walk on water. I think we get caught up in Peter walking on water. You know, what's interesting in the stories of the Bible, Matthew is the only one that even mentions Peter. The other ones, they talk about Jesus walking on the Bible, walking on the water. If you look at the end of the story, verse 32 or so, it says when they got in the boat together, then the disciples worshipped Jesus. Who cared, Peter move out the way? Jesus, you the man. I mean, that's what we're saying. Look at what Jesus did. Jesus is the one who, as a matter of fact, it was great that Peter walked on water, but Peter only walked because Jesus allowed him to walk. It's still about Jesus. And so we can get focused on looking at the miraculous event and not looking at the, the source of the event that we really should be desiring in the first place. We can wait for Jesus to do some tricks and want his stuff more than we want him. Which is what's so amazing about Peter's response? I think Jesus walking on the water is clearly the primary miraculous thing in this story. But we can't ignore uh, Peter because Peter did something amazing to me. You're in the boat. Storm is still raging. People going crazy. Jesus shows up. He announces himself. He says, I'm here. Don't be afraid. And then Peter says, Lord. If it's you, command me to come walk on the water to you. That is an amazing statement to me. That's amazing. Because in order to do that, he had to get out of the boat. In the middle of a storm, the boat is the only thing that's stable in the middle of the ocean. How do you get out of the boat? in the middle of your storm, it doesn't make any sense. You're putting yourself from a dangerous situation to a terrifying situation where you have a little bit of control to where you are completely out of your element. How do you make that choice to say, Lord, if it is you, send me out of the boat? I think that's an amazing decision. And I think that's the decision that we need to understand for ourselves. Because as I said before, the fact that Peter walked on the water isn't that big a deal. Jesus was doing it at the same time. Peter had no control over that. The amazing thing is that Peter chose to get out. John Ortbrook has this book. It says if you want to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat. Nobody else got out of the boat. Everybody else sat there watching the show, probably still terrified. But Peter had something in his heart and in his mind that gave him a courage. In the midst of the storm, the storm had not stopped. In the midst of the storm, he had a vision. He had an understanding. He had a boldness. He had a, 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 a revelation about something that this Jesus had revealed to him that said, where I need to be is not in this boat, but as close to God as I can possibly get. How do we get there? See, I think that's the, that's the point where we get stuck. We keep looking for the miracle to happen in our life. We keep waiting for this miraculous turn of events to show up. But I think so many times in our lives, just like Peter's. God will present the opportunity for the miraculous. But if we don't have the boldness and the courage to step out of our uh, false security and make ourselves vulnerable, and put ourselves out of our elements, that's where the miraculous happens. The miraculous doesn't happen in the boat. It happens on the sea. And while God opens the door for us, he will not push us into the water. See, that's our choice to make. That has to be our prayer. That has to be the desire of our heart. Not for the event, but for the source. Once he got in the water, Jesus had it under control. The miracle was that he had the boldness to get out. Can you imagine that first step on the water? You got one foot in the boat and one foot in the water, and it still feels like water. (laughs) So you kind of get on the side and you're kind of hanging on and there's a couple of toes in and, and then you got one little hand left just in case and, and, then, and then you finally let go. Would you let go? Would you ever let go of the boat? How could Peter do that? It had to be something that he knew About this Jesus. See, in the middle of the storm, we start asking questions. Can I trust him? Does he see me? Does he care? Can he do anything about it? I don't want us to miss the fact in the story that Peter walked on the water, he was walking. He was there, at least for a little while. He saw something in Jesus that allowed him to focus on him as opposed to the storm. See, he he was able to block out the circumstances and the chaos and the naysayers and all this other stuff. And all he knew is Jesus is over there. And in the middle of my storm, the best place I can be is as close to Jesus as I can possibly get. And whatever is in the way between me and him in the midst of the storm, I'm not going to worry about it because my God is able. What I got to do is just focus on him. What I got to do is just reach out for him. What I got to do is keep my mind fixed on him and let him take care of the sea and the shore and the wind and the people and just get me to where I need to be, which is in the presence of an almighty God. Where would you be? Where are you now? Anybody got any storms? Any, any, any wind blowing around here? It's the same thing. We need to get the mindset that Peter had. That the best place I can be is as close to my God as possible. We're going to start this 21 days of renewal. That's what this campaign is about. And that's, That's what I'm hoping we can we can have as our focus for the next couple of months, next couple of weeks. And so I want us to hear this song that is based on this scripture. And I mentioned it last week. It's called oceans. I think it's a beautiful song. But to me, imagine yourself in that moment. Jesus is here. And he's made himself visible again. And he looks out to you in the middle of your storm. And he reaches out. And he says. Come. The wind didn't stop blowing yet. It looks like it's dangerous. But come. It's out of your control. You can't handle it. It's bigger than you. It's dark and scary. And you don't have the ability to pull it all together. Like we're orphaned children. Alone and abandoned. Stuck in our circumstances. Maybe beyond help. But I think what Peter realized is. Jesus loves us. He's shown himself to be able to do amazing things. And it doesn't make any sense to trust him this much, but I do. It doesn't make any sense to go to these places that aren't comfortable. give up my stuff. I give up my pride. I give up my feelings and thoughts and my own ways. I give it up because I have a good shepherd. I have a good shepherd. And he protects me and he loves me and he keeps me and he teaches me and he holds me when nobody else. and he's mine. Father, help us to see that this morning. Help us to see how you have gone to hell and back to claim is as Jerome. us to be able to find you in the midst of our storms. Help us to trust you and depend on you and, and call out to you. Help us not to limit you because the people around us say it's not possible. Help us to be bold and courageous enough get beyond our fears and our doubts and our worries and step out into the unknown to hear your call in our life and to seek it and to pursue it and thank you for giving us a front row seat to the miraculous as you accomplish things in our lives. I pray that we begin 2015 with a hunger for you like we've never had before. A desire to be in your presence that surpasses all the other false rewards of this world. Father, finally a knowledge and an understanding that the safest place we could ever be is the place where you've called us to be. We praise you, God. We love you, God. And we pledge to you the best of our hearts, minds, and souls. Be glorified in the faithfulness of those you call your children. Jesus' precious name we pray.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this installment of Renewing Your Mind, a web-based ministry of South Bay Community Church, located at 47385 Warm Springs Boulevard, Fremont, California. We can be found on the web at www.sobcc.org. We'd like to take a moment to invite you to come and join us in person for one of our dynamic Sunday morning worship services. Services begin at 8 a.m. and 1030 a.m. each Sunday, and we would be so blessed to have you come worship with us. We'd also love to hear from you a word about how this ministry is helping you renew your mind for the glory of Jesus Christ. So please contact us and we pray God's blessings over you the rest of this day. God bless.